0: You know, it sort of sounds like a cliche, even as I think about saying it now, but it really is true that there are so many ways to apply writing to the modern day world. And what I mean by that is just the fact that there are so many different platforms and mediums through which you can express yourself in a meaningful, impactful way that's going to connect to all different types of audiences. So what I wanted to share with you today is just one example of that, Regarding an article I wrote recently on Medium and as per the title of this episode, How to Write a Modern Day Article, there are many ways and many platforms, as I just mentioned, uh, through which you can do writing. It's not as if you have to go to a typical publisher, journal, newspaper, that sort of thing, although those are still options. So I wanted to share with you just one of my recent articles because I think it's a good example of Identifying what a clear writing goal is in terms of why am I actually constructing this work and what do I actually hope it will accomplish, and hopefully how that's actually executed or represented through the writing itself. Of course, that's always uh, ultimately decided by the audience. But I hope, and based on some people I've talked to who have read my article, I think I got the point across. So I'm going to link that in the description, but. I'm just going to uh, narrate it as well, because why read something when you can have me read it to you in uh, my reading voice, which hopefully won't put you to sleep, (laughs) because I think it's a good article, honestly. Um, So this is an article that I wrote on Medium, like I said, titled, Why Beach Cleaning Doesn't Matter. And of course, the author is myself. (laughs) As someone who's cleaned a literal ton of beach trash over the past several years, Let me tell you something about whether beach cleaning really matters. It does and it doesn't. I'm not going to sit here and type about how if you just clean up your local beach that you'll save the world. You won't. In fact, perhaps the most reasonable reaction to someone telling you that you should beach clean remains the simple yet resounding rebuttal of what difference does it make. It's a good question because the answer is a complicated one. Like so many similar questions, the challenge becomes defining key terms. In this case, what do you mean by difference and make? New beach cleaners often suffer from a phenomenon I dub cleaner's anxiety, a sort of emotional dread that arises in many do-gooders' psyche as they quickly realize on their first few beach clean outings that, not only won't they have the time nor the energy to pick up all the trash there is to collect, but they won't even come close to collecting it all. But should this realization really feel all that discouraging? This sudden awareness does indeed seem daunting that no matter how much you clean, this same stretch of sandal printed sand will be daily retrashed by a fresh tidal surge of plastic debris. And so we arrive back to our earlier question of what difference does it make? Will your efforts be recognized? Will they help to save the world? Are you making a difference? In some ways, yes, you just can't see it. On the surface, progress can sometimes be difficult to gauge, especially the more complex the problem. But all that really means is that the problem needs addressing that much more desperately. No, your seasonal or weekly or even daily beach clean won't make a dent in a fraction of a slice of a drop of the total amount of ocean plastic pollution plaguing our planet, but it's still something, and it's sure as hell not nothing. Remember that sea turtle straw video that kickstarted a global anti-plastic straw campaign? If not, just Google or YouTube crying turtle plastic straw nose, or simply breathe for a moment as you let those words sink in. Each piece of plastic you remove from a coastal environment is a potential marine creature's life saved. Fishing lines and soda pack rings snag around seagulls' feet. Microplastics clog the intestines of whales, dolphins, and countless other marine mammals and fish alike. The healthier these beings are, the healthier larger ecosystems become. And regardless, they are each an individual life. They can't thank you for beach cleaning, but they would if they could. Of course, none of these points address the plastic elephant in the dump. The fact that extracting, refining, producing, packaging, transporting, and then leaving plastics to degrade for hundreds of years in giant mounds or holes isn't great for the environment either. But it's arguably slightly better, and it's sure as hell better than nothing. Ultimately, we, and I say we very much as meaning all of us, need to come together to rethink single-use plastics as we know them, to formulate alternatives at the highest levels of global government and transnational corporations. All too often I'm asked, who are these horrible people tossing their trash at the beach, or, I'm told, if only people picked up after themselves. Sadly, while these questions and points are true to some extent, they're only part of the issue, Some estimates peg the majority of ocean plastic pollution as coming from storm drains, waterways, and roadside runoff. Deciding that this is a solvable issue if everyone just doesn't leave their crap at the beach is not only incorrect, it's detrimental to acknowledging the much more fundamental problems underlying this pandemic. Admittedly, not all plastics are bad. You've probably heard the various cliches about how they make our modern world possible, and cliches exist because in some senses they are true. Such is the case with plastics. There are good reasons why they have become ubiquitous in our lives. But this over-reliance, packaged as a miracle for humanity's common good, but in reality an oligarchical scheme for the sake of short-sighted profits, is utterly unsustainable and hugely detrimental to our collective well-being. But we have another choice, figure out how to live more harmoniously with plastics by respecting their relative merits while also admitting that we've let this genie out of the bottle pollute muck for far too long. Some of these solutions already exist, like our good old friends recycle, reduce and reuse, but these steps alone can't clean our way out of our ocean plastic pollution problem, not even in the best case scenario. Ultimately, there are fundamental changes in processing, packaging, and industry that need to occur, again, some of which need further research, like biodegradable alternatives. Oh yeah, have I mentioned that microplastics are in the air now too? This isn't some crackpot QAnon conspiracy, but rather recent research confirming what many scientists have suspected will happen as plastics continue to break down rather than degrade entirely. Some bits may take hundreds of years to do so. In our air, in our water, in us all. Taken together, in addition to constantly seeing newly trashed beaches, these harrowing facts can indeed discourage a would-be beach cleaner. Which is why I say with all sincerity that beach cleaning doesn't matter. At least not on its own. Again, the point is not to discourage you. On the contrary, you should recognize the vital work that you are doing for local habitats while acknowledging that there's still much larger change to accomplish. These two notions are not mutually exclusive despite their seemingly paradoxical nature to each other. If you need further encouragement, consider some other positive social change of your choosing. It's likely that whatever example you can think up resulted over a long period of struggle, not overnight. Many, if not most, who engage in such worthy causes never even live to see the change they seek. It's not right, it's not fair, but they fight all the same, and they help those who they can along the way. We desperately need to keep learning, keep sharing, and keep fighting. Each piece you bend down to pick up is indeed a pivotal step toward that world we need your help reaching. And in this way, each beach you clean very much does matter. So that was about a five or six minute read, I think, right? And that actually took quite some time to write, but for good reasons. You know, I always tell students that there are two types of struggles in writing. And this applies to all my writing classes. I should mention, if you're joining us for the first time, I do teach uh, various forms of writing at the college level for undergraduates. And again, there's, uh, there's good struggles and not so good struggles. Not so good struggles are... You don't, things like you don't know what you're doing or why you're doing them. And through writing, you're trying to just do a job that, again, you're not even sure what those goals or outcomes are that you're working for. Now, again, that might be something that you're going through as part of a process to realize, but you need to understand that you're trying to get to those points. You know, if you think you're actually accomplishing something, but you're, in reality not, that's a, a much different problem. You know, on a more philosophical level, I always tell students, it's not bad to not have a life plan necessarily, if you know that you don't have a life plan. <laughs> you know, if you're if you're aware that you're trying to work through that and figure out that path for yourself, again, whether it's academic, professional, or personal, yeah, there's something to be said for self-discovery and, and figuring all that out, right? And again, similarly with writing, I think working through sometimes what exactly you're trying to say and why is really what you, you need to do. And so with this piece that I wrote, I asked those two fundamental questions that I can sort of identify are vital to most writing process uh, processes that I, I go through. And the first question is, what do I hope to accomplish? You know, wh- what am I trying to show in terms of a, a point with any given piece of writing? And in the case of the speech cleaning article, and of course, I should mention this as well, I keep assuming that everybody who's listening to this has listened to my other episodes, uh, some of which talk about all the beach cleaning work I do. Uh, I do a lot of beach cleaning work and and talks, uh, presentations, that sort of stuff, uh, just because it's such important work that needs uh, attention brought to it. But in thinking about what I wanted to say with that, I really had to ask myself, what more do I want to say about that topic? You know, just pointing out that Oh, yeah, the beaches are dirty. It's bad for the environment. They need to be cleaned. Well, I just said that, right? I can say that in two or three sentences. Uh, obviously, I tried to do a lot more in a five or six minute long article, such as this. So, the first thing I ask is what do I hope to accomplish in terms of the more specific point that I'm trying to make, the more specific commentary? And, you know, in this case, it was sort of this idea. Uh, you know, I'm very curious if it comes across and Like I said earlier, from those I've spoken to who have read the article, I think they sort of got it. They thought it was really interesting that I titled this article, Why Beach Cleaning. You'll see if you click on the link in in the episode description, Why Beach Cleaning Doesn't Matter. And I put the uh, contraction NT in parentheses because the idea of the article was that, yes, it does and doesn't matter, beach cleaning. So I was trying to highlight this Sort of seemingly paradoxical contradiction, right? That, well, the more I clean, it just seems like there's always the same amount of trash, at least if not more, right? Because people are still polluting. So, what's the point? And again, I tried to identify well, the, there's this idea of the individual sort of impetus and, and advocacy and helping your local environment and local community and those local creatures while obviously acknowledging and admitting the fact that that's not the end-all be-all. So that's a much more specific goal uh, in terms of a com- piece of commentary I want to say than just, oh, this is a disaster. We need to do something. We're all going to die. We're all going to drown. It's global warming. It's uh, pandemics, locusts, all that stuff, right? Um, there's enough of that out there. So I wanted to say try to say something a little bit different, but that really takes a, a certain level of uh, self-assessment in terms of, what, you know, my next question. So that's question one, what do you hope to accomplish? And question two is, why are you really writing this? And that's a, I think, more difficult question to answer because it the answer is maybe perhaps a little less clear than in some of these other cases. And what I mean by that is that there there may be more than one answer in terms of why you are really writing something. And that's fine. But you have to answer that question honestly, and that can be difficult for people if they haven't taken the time to really do that level of self-reflection. You know, one of the things I really emphasize in all my writing classes, whether it's freshman writing or upper division writing classes, is the idea of personal reflection, which at a professional level is hugely important when you start thinking about writing cover letters and personal statements to apply to certain uh, academic programs or jobs or that sort of stuff. Um, or just interpersonal communication within certain organizations or office settings or whatever the case may be, Uh, really being able to uh, assess why do you think what you think and how do you relate those ideas and feelings to others is hugely beneficial just in a practical sense. And so even with an article like this, that focus is a little bit different, but the sort of baseline assessment is the same in terms of asking, like, why are you really writing this? And it's difficult to say, uh, because that answer is going to be very different, perhaps, for from one writer to the next. But I think you you do want to try to sort through that that question and the potential answers. And it's fine if there's more than one. Obviously, to some degree, you are probably trying to accomplish that goal, right? Well, I want to express something that hasn't been quite expressed in exactly this way, as per I was saying, answering question one. And It's sort of then an elaboration on that first question. Well, there are plenty of articles about beach cleaning, but they sort of miss the point in certain ways or they don't highlight this specific idea that I think is really important and I think is necessary to share if we're actually going to address and tackle and solve this issue. And so I I want people more and more to start thinking about that. Um, because I think it's, it's a point that isn't emphasized enough. So I, you know, if I look at this honestly and, and I try to answer that second question, I would say, well, I am really writing this because I think there needs to be a sort of broader examination of an issue that is sort of dumbed down sometimes in the media. Uh, it's, it's easier and racier to say, um, yeah, here's, you know, it's just a bad thing. Let's talk about that. And uh, like I sort of say in the article, right? That, oh, if everybody just picked up after themselves, you know, we'd live in such a better world. Well, yes and no. Uh, you know, again, I, the, the two questions then sort of become interlinked in terms of the answers I'm giving. Um, but again, that's why I like those questions, because they sort of cover the whole sort of fabric of what you're trying to accomplish but also why you're trying to accomplish what you 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 seemingly uh, are trying to. I say this as well because you know there's also the the problem that some people may run into where if you're writing just for attention uh which isn't necessarily a bad thing I mean uh, if you're writing for attention it can go wrong is is sort of what I, I'll just say as as sort of a broader uh from a broader sort of abstract perspective and what I mean by that is that if you're writing because you want attention and you want people to just sort of uh, laud you, um, you might not be able to really answer that first question honestly as well. Like, what do you hope to accomplish? Well, I hope to accomplish becoming famous or getting attention or becoming an influencer. You can sort of apply that to other uh, mediums of expression on the Internet today, right? Um, You can sort of miss the point and maybe just not wind up being as effective if you're not true to yourself and true to actually trying to say something. But at the same time, you know, I don't want to sound sort of, you know, preachy in that way. It's not a bad thing necessarily to have a bit of an ego about something like this and say, well, yeah, I want people to pay attention to my writing, obviously, and pay attention to what I have to say because it is important. So I guess sort of my point with that is the idea that it's not bad to you know, want people to share your work and want people to appreciate your work and appreciate the work that you're doing necessarily, or or the the thoughts that you're saying. But I think it it you know you sort of want to make sure that it is routed or it is grounded in some sort of deeper core value uh, in terms of well, yes, this is there is an important need here because you know as I was um, trying to mention earlier, there's so many writers who like they. They are good writers and they know it and they like when people, you know, t- talk about what great writers they are maybe, right? So I I don't think the ideas are ne- necessarily mutually exclusive, but I think you have to be sort of cautious, uh, you know, leaning too far that way, perhaps, especially if, you, you know, your work does lack the... Uh, the sort of th- those, those core values that you, you want to really be the emphasis of why people are listening to what you have to say. And, you know, as I said, this applies to all other mediums of, of expression in terms of what you see going on on the Internet today, whether it's people on Instagram or YouTube or that sort of stuff. And that's actually a, a good point to mention as well, following up, obviously, with this article, which, I, as I said, was written on Medium which is a great platform because pretty much anybody can write articles. And, you know, if you write good enough articles, you can get them uh, shared within publications on Medium, which I've had before. And uh, it's a great way to just share different types of ideas and thoughts that, you know, if you went through a more traditional publisher or something like that, it's very difficult. Any sort of, anybody who's done any sort of submissions, whether it's articles or other types of creative works, you know how stressful and how, much time that can take oftentimes not to really yield anything in terms of getting your work published. Uh, I've done it before I've had works published in magazines and journals, but it's quite a time consuming and stressful process with many rejections along the way, uh, which can be good because it sort of forces you to try harder, but it can also be bad because it's oftentimes very subjective. And it's hard to know, well, was my writing rejected because it wasn't good or it was lacking in some way or it could have been much more, effective either from a technical perspective or at a content level or did this person not just write it or uh, like what i wrote or is this person you know not really (laughs) you know maybe they're not really a good reader or something like there's so many factors that it's hard to really determine and it can what the cause is of, of certain types of rejections but but conversely on something like medium where you can publish anything you don't know if what you're publishing necessarily is good so i always say as well get feedback as much as you can. I know a lot of people are sort of timid in terms of getting feedback, but if you're pl- wanting to publish something anyways, you're going to have to get, I mean, you're going to get feedback if any if it's anything worth reading for better or worse. So you might as well run that by people you trust and people you trust to give you valid, relevant, truthful, constructive opinions. And you can tell them that that's what you want. People typically, in my experience, whether they're writers or not, because I share my writing before I publish it, with both writers and non-writers, because I think that's important. Um, If you tell them what you're looking for in terms of feedback, they're usually very, very helpful. And like I said, I have people who are professional writers, whether they write articles or they're poets, all sorts of writers sometimes look at my work, um, as well as just people I know who I trust their opinions. They're, They're not writers, but they're smart people. And they sort of notice things that I know other readers will notice. And I, I, once more, I think that applies to other mediums of writing, whether it's blogging, which is another option uh, in terms of different types of articles that you might want to write about on different sorts of topics. Um, or again, more creative sort of mediums such as YouTube, which I think is another great resource uh, that, that more and more people are utilizing. But again, I think it's worth sharing videos if you're going to make videos or podcasts like this with people and really asking. all right whether from a technical or content-based perspective, what do you like? What do you dislike? And even if those opinions are subjective, well, I really don't like your tone. You sound boring. Um, Please don't say that about this episode. But I understand if you do, and I take that into consideration, right? Uh, And So that's why constructive feedback is so important, as long as, again, it's not Feedback for the sake of giving negative feedback, because there are people who maybe aren't the best at that. So you want to try to find those that you can trust to give you that constructive criticism, which sort of sounds like a cliche as well. but it's it when it's done right and it's done impactfully or or effectively, it's so helpful. um and and similarly, like I said, you know I would apply that to other creative mediums, uh, you know such as YouTube or. Uh, whatever, whatever else, you know, people are, are using more and more, you know, get on different platforms that people aren't necessarily using um, in a proliferated way quite yet. Uh, you know, one that comes up as an example is something like Twitch, where a lot of people I talk to who know anything about Twitch think it's just like, oh, don't people just play video games on there? And yeah, I mean, that's how it started. And that's, I think, primarily what it's still used for. But there's all sorts of other live streaming going on there. Uh, a lot of, for example, of the recent protests that we've seen around the country, uh, there's uh, Twitch channels that stream all sorts of protests, and they have all sorts of followers. And, you know, that's that's what they do. They're providing a very valuable service uh, that, you know, other news organizations aren't just by having these live streams and uh, sometimes, I guess, commentary about some of them. So... I think creatively, think specifically about what you want to accomplish and why, and how. what medium might be the best way to do that. What What's a different way to do that slightly that is filling a void that's not currently uh, being fulfilled? Again, whether that's from a technical and or content-based perspective. Because it's such a shame with the internet as it exists now and social media, as it exists now, that people feel as if it's oftentimes such a negative dumpster fire of just trashy emotion, because it should be such a valuable tool. And I think it is, it's, it's, it's easy to say that, oh, social media sucks, or it's just misuse, because it's always going to be that way, right? Anything that has uh, influence, there's going to be elements of it, or people using it who misuse it or use it in a sort of negative way, but that doesn't mean that there still is an opportunity there, and it's only its effectiveness is only dictated by those who use it, of which you are one of those people. So, uh, you know, don't feel limited by what you see going on. Think about the fact that you know these platforms are available to you to really think outside the box. To use another cliche, but I think it's a good one for this case. So that's all I wanted to really talk about today. I, I thought just thought that was an interesting example of modern writing in terms of how it appears maybe on the internet. You know, like I said, there's these other platforms. I use YouTube as well, ironically, for my beach cleaning videos primarily, because I've noticed there's a void. There's not many beach cleaning videos out there. Uh, there's one, or, I mean, there there are some, but no channels really dedicated to it. So that's something I've trying to, been trying to do with that. So Uh, Yeah, please check out Professor Labs on YouTube. That's the other thing that I know I'm sort of kind of doing kind of good stuff because I hate saying that, (laughs) you know, like the whole sort of, uh, oh, like, share and subscribe. That makes me nauseous saying that. So, (laughs) which I think is is sort of a good thing, I guess, um, because I I feel as if that means, okay, I'm not doing it because I want to be popular and famous, which I actually do like, you know, I wouldn't want, uh, if it happened, I, I wouldn't be, I, I don't think I would be against it, but I, I innately, inherently don't like that idea. Um, I just think it's kind of cool that it's, uh, you know, beach cleaning videos or something that I, I don't see a lot of in terms of t- channels uh, dedicated to it. And I think it's it's important for reasons, like I say, in the article I read, um, but again, this gets back to the, those initial two questions, like, what am I trying to say, really say, and why am I really trying to say it? So I can answer those questions too. And I think relatively truthfully. So that's a good thing. And I'll keep doing what I'm doing, keep receiving feedback, constructive criticism. And as I tell my students, every, every day is a, is a, there's a new lesson and everything you write, there's a new lesson with, within that. And I always tell students as well, we're right at the end of our, uh, summer session and everything can only improve from here right however you exist in your writing currently it's only going to get better you can only get better with writing it's not as if it's like an instrument really where if you don't practice your trumpet for five years you're going to suck at trumpet when you pick it up again Uh, these are lessons that sort of become part of your fabric in terms of it, it just becomes wired in your brain and that's very difficult i think to go away uh but I don't know, that might be a conversation for another episode. So we'll just end it here for now. Um, hope you all are having a fantastic summer. Uh, we'll continue to have weekly episodes from here, of course. So you can follow us at professorlabs.podbean.com if you uh, want to get updates when new episodes post. If you have any questions about anything we've said here today, you can tweet at us at Uh We're always on, on Twitter. Uh, And we have the YouTube channel as well, just titled Professor Labs. So uh, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, It's really great to, you know, just share some of these thoughts. And uh, if you have ideas or suggestions, topics based on anything we've said here uh, or or just otherwise in general for future episodes, you, you can always contact us through our Podbean website, like I said, or tweet at us as well. We're happy to take questions or answers there. So. Uh, once more, hope you guys are having a great summer. No, it's been a crazy one. It's been a crazy year, but we're hanging in there and we'll get through it together. So until next time, keep writing. And as always keep learning.